Yes, Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your intentional desires to promote, bless, heal, deliver us from the the snares of the wicked one in the snake pit. We thank you, Jesus, for dying for us, for um, standing in the gap for us, for taking on the death penalty for us and delivering us from evil. Thank you that these promises, this, this victory, this salvation is real. And we thank you, Lord God, for the revelation of your love, mercy, grace, truth, and favor to us. Father God, we thank you for giving us this uh, revelation to walk in the power of blessing and answers to prayer. Father, we thank you, Jesus, for uh, the promises that no weapon formed against us will prosper, that no word said, deed done, action taken will be able to be used by the enemy to bring forth any shame, trouble, or reproach. Even the words we've been put over ourselves, spoken over ourselves, Father, that these would lose their effectiveness through the blood of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, for revealing the power of your love. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to comprehend today what you are saying through your word to us, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, welcome to Rescue Radio. And uh, today we're going to be talking about the restoration of blessings by understanding the goodness of God. So many of us have lost our you know, way, kind of been tangled up, tripped up, double-minded, and confused about really how good is God? And and is God's goodness and blessing, is it just dependent on how good and well-behaved I am? And so today we're going to try to examine that kind of, that question that holds back faith, causes double-mindedness, causes people to lose their hope in God because they don't understand what is going on here. Well, let's look at the foundation here that we see in Exodus chapter 20. I'm going to read verses 1 through 6. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourselves any carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. So this is a very interesting um, uh revelation that God is giving to the people of Israel as he's loosed them from the Egyptian bondage. He says, I have delivered you from the house of bondage. So we can see here that God's purpose was to set them free, remove from them the harsh bondages of the slavery that they were in in Egypt. And he also says uh, in that passage, um, don't have any other gods before me. Don't worship, uh, make carved images, idols. So idolatry was the main uh, issue that was going to bring them back into bondage. And so that was the first thing God told them not to do. Then he says, I'm a jealous God, uh, visiting the iniquities of the fathers unto the children to the third and fourth generation. 
Now, a, a jealous God, you say, well, jealousy, isn't that a sin? Well, jealous means that you, you want what what's the very best for your people. Well, that's what God, and, yeah. And that's what God, he, he says, I don't want you to be destroyed. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to be, the, re- the reason is that, uh, that I don't want you to be worshiping other gods. It's because they it's will destroy you. It's not because God is on some big ego trip or mm-hmm. something. Because, mm-hmm. But he says, you go that way, you're going to be actually worshiping demons and you're yielding yourselves to the control of demons, right. which will bring about your own destruction. And right. God does not want that to happen. So when he's talking about jealousy here, he's talking about the, like the jealousy of a parent. I am jealous over my children that they will get blessings and recognition and breakthroughs and promotions. God is the same way. We, are, we have to keep understanding our relationship with God in the context of a family. He is the father, we are the children. And sometimes fathers have to do things that look like they're not very good in order to keep the family on task and on, on target and protect them. But anyway, going back to what you just said, Jerry, about um, you shall not have any other gods before me, what happens is, what, what, what God is basically saying is, worship me, serve me, you know, put me first, and everything will be fine with you. But um, this would make it out to be, we'd think, well, he's kind of a tyrant. He's kind of a, you know, a control freak. I mean, he has to manipulate and bribe us and, and threaten us that if we don't serve him, if we sin, if we worship idols, then all these bad things are going to happen to us. Uh, and iniquity, the iniquity of the sins of the fathers are going to be visited down to the children, so the third and fourth generation. So all this makes God look um, like if he were the only one saying this, um, he would have to be both good and bad, good and evil, because he would say, I'm going to bless you or I'm going to bring these nasty things upon you. But the truth is you have to put the devil in the equation to make this make sense and to realize that God is not bipolar and he's not double-minded and he's not half good and half bad. So God is warning us that we have an enemy. It is the devil. And if we choose to use our free will to agree with, buy into the fear then we're also going to come under the consequences of the demonic judgments that come with that fear, which are not the blessings of God. Well, in the Old Testament, there isn't much revelation about the devil. True. You know, per se. But God knew this, and of course knows this all along, that if we put ourselves in that place of, of worshiping other gods, and what did, what did Israel, uh, Israel basically came, Abraham came out, the father of Mm-hmm. Israel came out of idolatry, and what was the big issue for Israel all through the Old Testament? They violated that first commandment. They yep. said they put they started worshiping the mm-hmm. gods of the people around them. around them, uh-huh. and it it became their demise and their destruction because they became double-minded and they became um, feeling bad and guilty and vulnerable to the devil's judgments and guilt and condemnation. In Psalm 103, there's many psalms. If you look at the psalms, psalms are mostly David's prayers to God for in, in his hard positions, in his hard cases, in his hard places. When he was being chased by Saul, when, when his wife and children were all stolen from him at Ziklag, all kinds of things where Satan, Satan had put heavy-duty pressure and, and I don't know, um, ba- uh, barriers, difficulties, attacks. obstacles, attacks. Yeah, all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And basically, it talks about the struggle the struggle, the pain, the betrayal, the injustices, right. all that, that that came upon these people. Not only, but David, but David. Not only David, but the others. But David kept rehearsing the goodness of God. Like, yes. for example, in Psalm 103, 
Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, who forgets not all his benefits. And forget not. And, for, and forgets not all and forget not all of his benefits. Sorry, we are not to forget his benefits. Who forgives all of our iniquities and de- and heals all our diseases? Who redeems our lives from destruction? Who crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies? Who satisfies our mouth with good things, so that our youth is renewed like the eagles? Why? Why is is this David? Is, as a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. Um, he knows our frame. He remembers that we are but dust. Why? Why do we have to keep remembering the goodness of God and, and G- David over and over rehearsing it? Like he said in Psalm 116, verse uh, 5 and 10, he says, Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yes, our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. I was brought low and he saved me. Return to your rest, O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. You have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from falling. And I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed, therefore I spoke. Now, here's the thing. Believing in the goodness of God in the midst of adversity and affliction is the basic, that's the the hinge point upon which our Christian life moves. Either you believe God or you don't believe God. Either you believe what God says in his word or you believe what it fear, that fear says in your soul what it looks like, what it feels like, what, what you've seen happen before. Satan is always trying to stack the deck and get us to believe that it's not going to work. It's never going to work. You know, God's not with me. God's not for me. God's mad at me. Um, that's part of the problem. We filter our relationship and our concept of God through those filters of uh, God's mad at me. I did something wrong. Um, it didn't work before. God didn't answer my prayers. And so that becomes kind of the way we begin to judge God and, and re identify him as uh, as a maybe God. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. Yeah, we, we tend to filter God through our own experiences. Right. So we think, okay, if I have a lot of hard things, and a lot of people, mm-hmm. most of us have hard things going on in our lives of one kind or another. And so we, but we tend to, uh, uh, how can we say it? Push those onto God. We're saying, okay, Judge if, God. If, in the old question, if God is so good, then why? That's always there. You know, Satan always is asking that why. He, he, that's the why. Why thing. didn't it come? Why didn't you get your well, answer? What to, happened? Yeah, we have to remember that we are in a war. We're in a war that's already been won, mm-hmm. but yet there's still all these, it's still raging even though it's already been won. But the issue is in Psalm 118, again, we say in verse one, all give thanks to the Lord for his good because his mercy endures forever. We remember Paul says in everything, give thanks um, for this is the will of God. Even in hard things, if we can give thanks and rejoice and look to God and know that all things work together for good to those who love God, that God is gonna use this to bring a blessing instead of freaking out and panicking and throwing in the towel and giving up and, and, and and relying upon the ways of the world. If we can stand, that's really what this, the testing is all about. Are you going to stand and believe God in the midst of a, high, a fiery trial? In Psalm 118, at the very last verse, he also says the same thing. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his mercy endures forever. But one of the basic objectives of Satan in this war is to get us to believe God is not good mm-hmm. or he's not good all the time. And so this is where we need to renew our confidence in God by listening to what he says in his word, how he begins to encourage us. Because God is for us. He's not against us. God is, and if God be for us, who can be against us in Romans, it says. But in Psalm 144, verse 1, it says, 
Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle, my loving kindness. He's my loving kindness, my fortress, my high tower, my deliverer, my shield, the one in whom I take refuge, who subdues my people under me. So again, David is speaking, declaring, you know, maybe this is an expression of faith. Maybe the Lord hasn't yet subdued that particular group under him, but he is declaring and and uh, declaring it and, and proclaiming it ahead of time so that He's already gone forward with the words of victory by pronouncing that victory in faith in the, in the Lord God. Um, in, the, in Psalm 145, verse 8, he says, The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all of his works. All your works shall praise you, O Lord, and your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and talk of your power to make it known to the sons of men his mighty acts. So we have to walk as followers of God in this place in confidence and sure and assurance because otherwise we're going to be brought drug into that place that pit of doubt and doubt and double mindedness. Yeah, and and complaining against God. Yeah. You know that that we're we're, we're blaming God for the bad things that are going on. Because we figure, well, God's got control of everything. Mm-hmm. Yes, he does ultimately. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, human beings have, have a, a free, free will. will <laughs> and there's a devil there seducing and lying to human beings to go against what the, the Lord word of has God says. Yep. To us, for us. So you're right. So we see God the Father and we filter through the filters of sin. Satan wants to destroy our concept of the goodness of God, the steadfast love of God by... by um, getting us to believe, well, God is mad at us and, and we sinned and, and we broke his law. Therefore, we're being punished and good things are being withheld from us. And that's why we're sick. So Satan is trying to connect all that with reasoning and make us believe that that God is not aware. God is not good. God's offended. Um, but the truth is that God knows all of our sins from the foundation of the world. He knows what how we're going to be tricked, how the enemy is going to try to deceive us. Uh, he knows that we're going to feel we're unworthy and guilty. And we know he knows that we're going to try. God, Satan's going to try to get us to see him uh, through our own understanding. And this is the problem: we try to figure God out in our through our own experiences and through our own understanding, without going back to the Word of God, which is the solid foundation of truth. And so, therefore, we make judgments about God. Yeah, in uh, Jeremiah chapter five, it talks about. Um Verse 23, but this people has a defiant and rebellious heart. They have revolted and departed. They do not say in their heart, let us now fear the Lord our God who gives rain, both the former and the latter in its season. He reserves for us the appointed weeks of the harvest. So there's the goodness of God, the provision of God. And he says in verse 25, your iniquities have turned these things away and your sins have withheld good things from you. Right. So, it's, so not, it's not that God has withheld good things from you. Mm-hmm. He says, your iniquities have turned the good things away and your sins have withheld good things from well, you. Well, when we sin, we feel guilty. And so Satan uses that guilt. What, why are we feeling guilty? Well, because we've been made by God to love justice, truth, mercy, holiness, purity. And when we sin, we're we're acting contrary to our divine nature. So the, the, the response of the fruit of that is to feel guilty because we're, we're sinning against who we are. And so when Satan gets us to feel guilty, then he uses that guilt 
to get us to judge God. So it's so we feel unworthy, we feel guilty, we see God through our own understanding. We judge God according to our experiences of him, and that opens the door up for loss and disappointment and unanswered prayer. So um, we have to go back to the word of God and feed ourselves, nurture ourselves um, in the word of God. It says the Lord in Psalm 29:11 the Lord will give strength to his people the Lord will bless his people with peace God does not change he wants us to have blessings good things prosperity peace answers to prayer victories over the devil that's his one and only intention for us it's not oh well i'm going to teach them a lesson if they don't behave that's not it he already knew we weren't going to behave he already knew we were going to be tricked by the devil he already knew the devil was going to beat us up with law and responsibility and legalism and religion and none of that stuff can set us free only the love of god and truth in who god is can set us free yeah exactly and the the issue is that we have believed the lies of the enemy Mm-hmm. more than we believe the truth about God. That's absolutely correct. And so we believe the lies of the enemy. We we follow those lies in in our behavior, our thinking in our behavior. We follow those lies, which just basically leads us down a dark, well, some, yeah. a dark path. Mm-hmm. And then when there is, we have trouble where the blessings aren't there, then we blame God for it. I, I've seen, or we blame ourselves. Oh, I've seen that so many either. people that that um, they reject God almost all their life, and then when it comes when they have trouble, they're mad at God. Mm-hmm. Well, the, James says, and, you know, in, it's like ridiculous. Well, well James says in, in chapter one, he says, um, he says, uh, but let him ask if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who mm-hmm. gives to all men liberally and without reproach, and it will give, be given to him. Verse six. Uh, one six, but let him ask in faith with with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. Let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. Now, here's the thing: so many of us are tempted to be double-minded. It comes into your mind. It comes into your soul. The the enemy enemy begins to set up his debate in your soul. Well, what about this? What about that? How come it didn't happen? They pray. Da da da. Um, you didn't get that answer last time. Why do you think God should do, do, do it for you now? So all of these things are going on in the devil's citadel in our flesh. Our flesh is our body and our soul. Our soul is our mind, will, and emotions. These these combine together to give the devil his operating um, privileges, his source, his uh, source of command is um, you know, whatever. And then the spirit on the other side is God's spirit bearing witness with our spirit. So the battle becomes between whose report are you going to believe? What the soul has been tempted to believe through doubt, double-mindedness, judging God. You know, if you sinned, if you sin, God says, confess the sin and repent. Okay, God, I am sorry. I believed a lie. I did this, this, and this because I believed I took matters into my own hands. I didn't believe you. I didn't trust you. I was fearful. Forgive me for being afraid. I repent. I turn around. I decide I'm going to follow you. This is a brand new path, following God in the ways of his goodness and not being doubtful or double-minded about his goodness is the is actually what faith is. It's God is good all the time. David proved it. The guys in the Old Testament proved it by, you know, looking at horrible circumstances. Look at Gideon. Look at horrible circumstances. Moses standing before Pharaoh and and before the Red Sea. Horrible terrifying circumstances where every kind of doubt and every kind of demon could have come up into their minds and probably did, but they chose to stand and believe God. Now, where are you at in your life right now? What Red Sea crossing are you at where where you've got this big thing, little thing, important thing, 
um, thing you're tempted to give up on and just give into or, or go away and forget it, you know, God didn't answer that prayer. Why are we willing, why are we willing to give up when God hasn't given up? God is still there. God wants to show you he's good, he's faithful, but if there's sin, iniquity, we have to get rid of that. Okay, confess that. And a lot of times that iniquity is, like he said, the sins of the fathers are visited onto the children to the third and fourth generation. A lot of the stuff you're struggling with has come down your bloodlines. It's like an avalanche of sin, iniquity, and it needs to be dealt with. How do we deal with that? by number one, identifying it as sin and iniquity. Number two, taking our authority as the authorized representative of that bloodline to confess those sins and repent for our own participation and then turn to God and ask him to again restore blessings to us because that is how God gets glorified. He doesn't get glorified in you being sick. He gets glorified in you getting well. He, God wants, because he's a father, you know the same thing. If you have children, they don't bring glory to you when they're sick. They bring pain to you. They bring struggle. And that's exactly what the devil wants to do to God. He wants to make him suffer as God watches us, his children, suffering. But God wants us to believe him so he can come and, f- and heal us so we can be released from that suffering and that trauma. And believe me, the world is absolutely full of this battle uh, over the goodness of God every day in your life, in your mind, in your circumstances, in your children. It's always there. So what about blessing? You know, we what what are, what do we mean by blessings? The blessings of God. Sometimes we think it's oh, you know, some people have the ex- extreme idea that you have to be super wealthy, and that's a sign of God's blessing and mm-hmm, so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what, can we talk a little bit about what what are, what are those blessings? What are the blessings of God? Well, we we like to think of you know food and shelter mm-hmm. and provision for us so we have enough materially mm-hmm. but what about the blessings well, of of the revelation of of who he is and uh the relationships that we have with one another well, that jesus according was, to the to the the way the lord wants them to jesus be jesus was very aware of our basic needs that's why he fed the five thousand that's why he fed the four thousand because he's aware we need food clothing shelter Um, the basic human needs to be met. So those are a category of blessings God wants us to have. He's not withholding those to teach us a lesson. Um, If you're in poverty, if you're troubled, if you don't have enough money, blah, 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 you need to ask the Lord, what is the lie that you or your generations have believed that give the devil permission to act to bring that, that loss or that poverty into your life? But God also wants us to not be stupid, Many of us, we, we meander through our lives. We kind of stay stupid um, and, and believe the lies about God. We don't reject um, those lies. We just kind of, you know, it is what it is. And we just keep kind of pushing on forward with no hope of there being any real change. And I think that is despair, desolation, disappointment. That is really rampant on the earth today because of the great evil, vile injustices that are being cre- created and committed against the righteous all over the world. So now more than ever, we need to hide ourselves in God, in his word, what he is saying, and believe God. Stand and believe. Uh, He says in Ephesians, stand and having done all, withstand in that evil day. So standing in the word of God is, you know, the word of God is victory. The word of God is the battle won. So he's not saying advance. He's saying stand, hold on, stay right there, stand in my word, stand your ground, don't back up. And let the Lord, you know, Moses had to stand his ground there at that rock going, looking across the Red Sea. He had to stand his ground for for that through that night so he could see God open up the way for him in the morning. So God wants to bless us with wisdom, with understanding, with peace, true peace from him, joy. 
um, he that's those are some of the great blessings that we that we that we need. Sometimes we just always think of in terms of material things, but what about mm-hmm. the spiritual things? And and just to be able to have that sense of wholeness that and being shalom, loved, being loved, and, and, mm-hmm. and love, yeah, mm-hmm. and the blessing of love, the love of God that is not only comes from Him, but it comes from Him through other people. Yeah. It, who 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 love the Lord as well. Well, I think one of the most important practical things we can do is turn off the sources of lies. Much of the propaganda mm. and the media and all the stuff we get on our phones and Facebook and all that stuff is just a constant... Distraction. Uh, it, it wears away, erodes mm-hmm. the confidence in the goodness of God. What we need to do is build ourselves up, read the Word of God, read it out loud to yourself, declare it, memorize it, and then when you come into a place of of difficulty, declare it over that situation. Mm -hmm. God says, you promised I will never leave you or forsake you. He said, ask and you shall receive. Uh, Lord, I'm asking, here it is. You see, you're a good God, a faithful God. I think God likes it. I don't think I know. He likes it when we remind him of his goodness. When When we come out of that place of judging God, we have all been trained ever since the moment we began to realize anything. This world has been training us to believe God is not good all the time. God cannot be trusted. You're going to have to take matters into your own hands. You're going to have to trust yourself, trust somebody else. You have to do it yourself. Go to the, the world for their remedies. And you're, we are just absolutely inundated day after day with the lies. And so we wonder why we don't have health. We wonder why we don't have strength. We wonder why we're having cancer, why our people are dying. You know, and these things that, why are these things happening? Because the devil can do them. Why can he do them? Mm-hmm. Because he has some permission, some agreement, some open door that has not yet been dealt with. And you say, well, God, show me what is that open door? What is that claimed right Satan has? I'm a believer, so he's not got any rights over me. But what is the right he's claiming to build his case of unbelief and doubt in my mind to create this double-mindedness so that I keep believing the symptoms of whatever it is I'm trying to fight instead of God? And to, to sometimes you have so many symptoms barraging you in a sickness that what you have to do is just surrender to God. Say, God, this battle is yours. Too big for me. Um, I, I can't do it. And once you surrender to God, then he will start dealing with the demons who are bringing these symptoms that keep pressing you, pressing you, pressing you into fear, double-mindedness, unbelief, which then, of course, takes away your answer, which then recycles the whole problem and you become deeper, deeper in despair. You have to just say, you know what, Lord, thy will be done. You love me. This is not you. I don't accept this as you and stand your ground. And so again, that ha- that only comes from knowing that you know that you know that God is good and God is good all the time. And when God is good all the time, that doesn't mean he de- there's not any bad things he has to, never does. God had to do the flood. God has to, has to do some things to correct the planet so that the planet will be preserved for the rest of the generations to come. It's like a father. You have a great, good heavenly father. And you, maybe you had a really nice earthly father who was very wise and very kind and very uh, protective and watching over you for all kinds of good things. But there wasn't uh, never a time when he wouldn't have to do a bit of correction, when he wouldn't have to, you know, lay down the law here or there for your safety's sake, for your teaching and understanding. So we have to understand that God also does these same things and we cannot judge him because, um, you know, we feel like he's not listening. Go back to what you know. When you're feeling something, thinking something, uh, go back, reject that, and go back to what you know. What what do you know? What does the word say? Does the word lie? Does God lie? Is there anything in the word of God that's a lie? No. So then believe God's word. So we cannot let our circumstances lie to us. Correct. We, what things appear to be, what things feel like, uh, we can't live there because 
otherwise we we'll get it we'll just get in total despair. Yeah. You know, like you talk about Margie, you describe this present evil age, mm-hmm. this world as a snake pit. So if if you know <laughs> if we're just wallowing around in the snake pit, you know, believing all these lies and experiencing all this pain and tragedy mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and everything like that, if we're wallowing in that you know, we're going to be, as we think in our hearts, so, that's we, what are. we, mm-hmm. so we are. Mm-hmm. So our thinking that, okay, yeah, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. Well, we have to go back to the place where things got broken in the first place. And mm-hmm. that's what you first read in Exodus. Have no other gods before me. Our whole generation, everyone's generation, has practiced idolatry to some mm-hmm. extent. Witchcraft, idolatry, taking matters into their own hands, um, building their own gods, worshiping the work of their hands, uh, believing what other mm-hmm. people say as opposed mm-hmm. to God. All of these things. So coming back to blessings in God, we have to come back to repentance for the idolatry, the uh, counterfeit gospels, the way we've We've thought about God. You know, even in Romans 1, it says God had to give them over to a depraved mind because they res- they in- they res- resisted him and insisted um, not in th- thanking him, but in taking matters into their own hands. This is the headstrong, rebellious attitude Satan wants us to have. And it comes out of fear. Fear says, I can't trust God. I've got to do it myself. Love says, I have to trust God. He's the only one I have. So we, when we're going through trials, when we're going through wondering why, 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 Go back to repentance. Go back to confessing the sins of idolatry in your bloodlines, in yourself. Let the Lord, the Holy Spirit, examine you seriously, thoroughly to to realize that God is the same yesterday, today, forever. He's not fickle. He's not bipolar. He doesn't change. It is uh, us, our will, our free will that's been washing back and forth like a, a wave of the sea driven and tossed. And we have to come back to the rock, Christ Jesus, and say, like the guys in the... Uh, like like Job, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Job was in a super trial uh, for a long time, and he could have complained, and he could have, and he did, but not to God. He he trusted God, He and, and he was being beat up by his friends who said, you did something wrong. So he was in a super trial, but he did not curse God. And finally, God did come through and doubly blessed him because the whole thing was about Satan's um, challenging God to test God to see if God could keep Job in the midst of what Satan was going to do to try to break Job. And that's really the, the the crux of what this is all about. Satan is trying to take us away from God by pressuring us, tempting us, hurting us to the point where we give up on God. If you give up on God, where are you going to go? Who's there? Who's left? Nobody. So it's a, it's a matter of making that decision um, to follow God. Um, God knows, you know, for example, if, you, if you're troubled with a health issue, for example, God knows that we have a free will. God told us in the beginning what to eat. Don't eat this, eat this. He said, eat the, the fruits I've given you, the herbs, etc. Well, we've all disobeyed that in a, in a lot of ways, some more than others. And we can get real religious about all this and you know legalistic. But going back to the truth of eating your food with thanksgiving uh, as an act of worship, as a, a way to nourish your body, as an act of submission to God, instead of as an act of uh, lavishing you know, appetites and lusts upon your own cravings, or God, Satan's cravings, giving these, even the littlest things like this, giving them to God and letting God examine you so that you go back into the place of knowing I am good, I'm at peace with God, I love God, God is for me, God is not against me. Because if you believe God's against you, then what's going to, where do you go from there? Yeah, well, God is before us. He is, he's before us and he is for us. <laughs> and uh, if God before us, who can be against us? And so there's a lot against us. 
Uh, but we will not, they will, the forces of darkness will not prevail against us when we trust the Lord Amen. because he is for his favor is upon his people. And we might think sometimes when we're going through very difficult trials, it's like, man, where's the favor here? Mm-hmm. But but there is that favor, and there's something that God is working out mm-hmm. the chasing in of the us. Lord. Mm-hmm. He's correcting us. He's encouraging us. He's getting us he's to the place. He's making more like Jesus. More like Jesus. And you think of Job. What did Job say at the end of his long, horrible trial? He mm-hmm. said, I have seen you by the hear- I've heard you by the hearing of the ear. Mm-hmm said this about God, but now my eyes see you. Mm-hmm. He so I he am. had an increased revelation of the true character of God. And that's what this is all about. his trials. Mm-hmm. He said, I know my Redeemer lives. So all of this was to create in in Job a, a deeper, power, more powerful, solid rest and peace in the faithfulness of God. God is for you. And even now, Lord God, as people are in their severe trials, almost overwhelmed like a like like a tsunami that's come against their life lord they don't even know where to start to begin to um, bring back um, this relationship ask the lord lord jesus show them how to get back on the solid rock put them on the solid rock yourself and give them revelation of your love for them remove the spirits of guilt shame unworthy i don't deserve god isn't for me all the lies we cancel out those lies in the mm-hmm. name of jesus christ mm-hmm. and we declare god is good god is for me god answers my prayer god cares about me god is, is is gracious and as a father pities his children so the lord has mercy upon those who fear him and we don't look at what things look like we look at what the word of god says and so, Father, forgive us for looking at what it looks like, what it feels like. We cast that down. We cast out doubt and double-mindedness, which are from hell, which Satan knows if he can put us those things in our mind and think us, get us to think we thought those thoughts instead of rebuking them as demonic, then he can use that against us. Well, you're double-minded, therefore you're not going to get anything. Lord, we can be worn out very quickly if you don't deliver us from this angry sea with the waves tossing and the devil trying to wash us out to sea. Lord God, deliver your people today. I pray that you would give them a deep and holy and powerful revelation of your goodness. And we repent of judging you, God, as being uh, unfair or harsh or demanding or uh, arbitrary or abandoning us or demanding that we be perfect. That is not what you said. You said we can't be perfect. There's none perfect or good, but one and that's God. So you didn't demand us to be perfect before you would help us. That's not God. That's control. That's conditional love. That's not even good. So we thank you, Lord, for being good in our lives all the time and delivering us from evil as Jesus prayed. Romans eight thirty seven through 39, Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors mm-hmm. through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which, which is, is in, in Christ, Christ Jesus, Jesus our, Lord. our Lord. Amen. What a blessing. What a way to end this that God is is for us so what about a case for justice yeah a case for justice would be a good place to pick up some of this revelation um because god is a god of justice and he and and to make things right justice and to make things right are not the same there are two meanings of the word justice but god's justice is to make things right so bringing your case before the court of heaven after you've forgiven someone makes it 
makes you eligible to receive God's answer. So a case for justice would be great. Or why are bad things still happening to me? I think that's an MP3 uh, that people can pick up. Or when life's not fair, another MP3. When life's not fair, uh, why are bad things still happening to me? And understanding the spiritual laws that work behind the scenes in what we experience on the surface of our lives. There are spiritual laws that are ruling and affecting the outcomes of our lives. So Father God, again, thank you for this day and bless each listener in Jesus' name. Amen. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.